Hello, everybody, and welcome to Right Brain. My name is J.F. Dubois. I'm the author of The Life Engineered and the upcoming A God in the Shed, uh, both by Inkshares. I am joined by my co-host, Paul Inman, author of Ageless. Paul, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, J.F. How was your holidays? Because it's been a while since we've we've uh, been here together. It so. has. It has. Well, I've just come out of a food coma, much like a bear rising from his cave. I have crawled back into the sunlight. And uh, I ate so much, Paul. Well, that's what the holidays are for. No, I'm so fat now. (laughs) You don't have to tell me. I know. So, (laughs) Um, I don't like. I'm. I'm not doing any fancy, funny intros this time because I like. Some of our listeners might be starting to guess the pattern that when I rush through the intro is because I we have a guest and I don't like to keep guests waiting because I've been brought up correctly. (laughs) <laughs> unlike the okay. bear unlike um, the bear and actually this this is something that's very close to me so i'm going to be more flustered than i usually am because with the guest <laughs> that we have right now wasn't even my idea this is how stupid i am dear listeners um so for those who don't know yet because i haven't made as much noise as a smart person would do we've been yeah, through we how haven't. terrible i am at self-promoting um in a few days um on january 24th the audio version for The Life Engineered is coming out on Audible, Amazon. It's a good, basically it's being uh, it's actually being produced by Blackstone, but it's coming out on all platforms. So you can go to Blackstone if you're on that platform. You can buy it from Audible if you have spare credits. Um, it's going to be you can pre-order it right now, and it'll be fully available, I believe, on the 24th of January, which is super exciting. And if I if Inkshares hadn't been keeping me so busy already, I probably would have been talking my mouth off like I am right now, but on social media about it. But it's a super exciting event. I've been wanting an audiobook for Life Engineer for so long. And <laughs> basically, I we have the voice actress who recorded Life Engineered here with us tonight. And I, I was too dumb to think that that would be a good guess. And Paul's like, why don't you, why don't you invite her on the show? <laughs> yeah, so... So it was without, a good what, good call on your part there. Right. So without further ado, um, voice actress, actress just in general, uh, Amy Landon is here with us. Amy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here to talk audiobooks all night long. Uh, fa- <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Uh, you've you've been super gracious to me in general ever since like we've we've started communicating on this project. So I'm terribly eager, besides myself, to actually hear the final product. I will let you in on a little secret. Most narrators get really woodgy and excited when you get to talk to an author because we're all obsessed with books and most of the time we don't get to talk to authors. So we get a little like, oh, they wrote the books that I read and it's exciting. So <laughs> That's was... kind of funny because I'm pretty sure that JF's like, you read the book that I wrote. You know, so. <laughs> oh, I am, look, full confession. I am both extremely eager to listen to the audiobook, also terrified to have my own words read back to me (laughs) it's just at some point especially since it's my first published work i don't know if it's as good as my brain thought it was at the time now like a a year in the future so it's intimidating it's a good book spoiler alert everyone it's a good book thank you (laughs) (laughs) my ego is preserved (laughs) so all right so you, you 
you work in the you, you you don't just work for the in the audiobook industry. Obviously, we're probably going to concentrate on talking about audiobooks, but do you want to just give us a, a just a, a brief rundown of what you do as an actress and voice actress? Sure. I uh I went to grad school for Shakespearean acting actually. So, I got out of school <clears throat> 11 years ago. Um so I went for theater training and I did a lot of voiceover and taught all of the dialect classes while I was in grad school. I got really into accents, really into voice work, taught voice classes in New York for a couple of years while I was doing theater. So I was doing a lot of theater in New York and teaching voice classes. And then I randomly got an audition at Audible one day for a book, did one book, and that book led to another book, which led to another book. And it's now led to around 200 books I think I've done at this point. Wow, what? I, I would have been impressed if you said 40. <laughs> I know, 200. Yeah, Holy cow. I think that's about where I'm at. Um, and I continue to work as an actress. So I was just on Criminal Minds this season. I've picked up a few oh, TV roles. I have some really horrible horror movies out there that I've done, uh, which you should probably never watch. Oh, no, those are the best ones, just those, so you know. Oh, yeah, no, there's some there's We all some know those ones. are the best ones. <laughs> yeah. you, you, don't, you don't have to tell us which ones. We'll find out. Oh, oh yeah, good. we'll find out. Just good. go on IMDb and check that out. There you go, yeah. Can't wait. So, yeah, I do a lot of audiobooks right now, but I also still do TV and film, and then I actually do a little film writing myself. So I've got a couple screenplays in the works. Oh, nice. Fantastic. That's yes. awesome. Uh, so, so good. I... Go ahead, I me, since I'm the one who does um, all the post-production work on, on our show, I'm really curious about, like, when it comes to recording this kind of um, stuff, like the audiobooks, what is it that you do, like, behind the scenes other than just read the book? Is there anything that you do? Are you talking technically just from, like, a sound perspective? Well, whatever. I mean... Uh... Any perspective. That's yeah. that's kind of what I'm interested in. So well, what, what kind of stuff do you do? There's sort of two sides of it. There's the artistic behind the scenes and then the sort of technical mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So technically, you've got to get a whole setup. I have a, a, you won't be able to see it on this podcast, but I have a beautiful booth in my home. I have. <laughs> we see it. It's great. It's nice. <laughs> a very nice microphone, some very nice preamps. I have, you know, a setup that probably cost me around $15,000 when all of a sudden it's done. So technically, I've got all of that going on. And what I do and what most narrators do is they record an entire book with punch recording with raw audio. So that means I sit down, I read a book until I make a mistake. And then I go back where I made the mistake and I cut into my own audio and keep reading and keep reading. So you sort of go back and cut in and fix your own mistakes as you go. And you take all of that raw audio and you send it off to your publisher who's hired you. And they send it to a proofer. The proofer does all the listening, sends you back notes and says, hey, you said this word wrong. You missed this word. Fix this, this, and this. And so we send off a round of corrections for the proofers. And they go back to the editors. The editors put all those corrections in. And then it gets sent off to a masterer who makes sure all the volume levels are perfect and cleaned up. And then it goes out for sale. So that's sort of the basic steps of an audiobook, technically speaking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I, I think it's neat. So when you're punching yourself in, like if you're just reading along in a book and you like flub a word or something, do you actually stop the recording then and actually back it up and punch yourself right back in, in the right spot? That's exactly what or I do. Or do you? Well, I, I mean, okay. I just didn't know if like you reread the line over and then came back later and fixed it or... I mean, I'm sure you could do either. I, I just... You know, that's what interests me because I 
somewhat like to dabble in this kind of stuff. So like, yeah, most people at this point do punch and roll most narrators, which is I read until right. I mess up and then I go back to the most logical place to cut in. Usually like I want to do the whole line or the whole paragraph or whatever makes the right. most sense from a story perspective. There are a few narrators who still, they go super old school and they do this thing where they read and when they mess up, they do like a big clap so that they get a spike in the sound file. And then right. they just keep going and they go back and re-edit at the end of the day. They edit everything together. Um, right, right. But most people do punch and roll where you go back, cut yourself in and keep on going. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Now, your booth right behind you there, can you operate um, what you need from in the booth or do you have to come out of the booth and and I do have your re- punch-ins? I, I have a setup so I operate in the booth. So I've got an Apple, awesome. Apple TV is like beaming my computer to inside the booth and I've got an iPad set up in there for the book. So that's yeah. the scripts on an iPad and I run everything from in there. So Apple just had a commercial. Yay. Apple just had a commercial. <laughs> that's how I do it. I don't know how everyone does it, but that's how I do it. Keeps oh, it- I love... I love Apple TV, and uh, you know I, I'm all Apple too, except for this one computer here. Yeah. It's it's actually a Dell, um, because oh, what, you're the, back on the Dell now. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was on the Mac for a long time, but I got tired of like switching back and forth from Safari to right. um, Chrome. So right. yeah, sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, and then artistically, I guess most of what you're doing is pre-sitting down to read through the whole thing, is you're doing all the prep of doing a pre-read and going, who are my main characters? What are their voices going to be? How do I differentiate? If I've got 10 voices versus 50, I'm making a lot of different choices. Uh, What's the genre? What's the flavor? What is the narrator, the main like voice going through going to live in? And that's like the pre-work as well as just figuring out like, do I know how to say these words? Are there lines of Italian or Latin? Or like the lovely life engineered a number of names that I was like, yeah, that's the Hawaiian shark god that everyone knows how to pronounce that. Of sure. course, yeah, I, definitely. Just, just for those who don't know, I had a call with actually with the producer, I, I believe, from Blackstone, uh, where we we went through the pronunciation. And the problem is, I found names in a lot of real weird religion. I have a fascination with Polynesian, Hawaiian, Mesoamerican religions. So I, a lot of the names are taken from gods of these religions. If you have never seen how these names were written in, um, in, in English, it's, it's very bizarre. It is strange. Um, but I never considered that anybody would eventually have to read these out loud except myself. And I was, I was comfortable with the idea that I would massacre those when doing readings and I would make a joke about it and keep on going. It would be fine. So when I was talking to producer, basically she was going through every name saying, how do you pronounce this? I said, I don't know <laughs> dozens of times during that phone call. Just, I look it up. I, yep. I don't speak IPA. so You you gave me a fun job. <laughs> I'm, I'm there, so sorry. I no, feel it's okay. terrible it was, for it, you. It was kind of fun. There were a lot of names that there weren't even IPA. Like they're so obscure that Wikipedia is like, I don't know. I mean, good luck. <laughs> so yeah. I was digging through Forvo. I don't know if you guys have ever used Forvo. It's a pronunciation I, website no. where you get native speakers will say words so you can go out and be like oh the indian god of this and someone from india may have said it 
but well, you look, also can then a... get like 12 pronunciations of the same word and you have to sort of look i'm, I'm writing a sequel for this and at some point I'm, i will need to read those words so forvo you say <laughs> forvo's helpful and forvo's. wikipedia and there's there's a number of sites but that was that book was particularly challenging on name pronunciations Yes. Super sorry. I think in the sequel, everybody's just going to be named like Bob or Jeff. Yeah. I'm really hoping. I'm really the American (laughs) god of beer. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Steve, the Canadian god of hockey. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Please. Yeah. Look, in my defense, now think of all the people you can impress at cocktail parties by using all these obscure, Very true. These obscure shark god names. Very true. And Very true. Hawaiians have several shark gods. <laughs> That's so awesome. So um, <laughs> before we started here, you were telling us it's been actually a while since you recorded the, the actual audiobook. Like JF said, it's coming out on the 24th. Um, how long ago did you kind of wrap it up? I think I wrapped that up in early November. Yeah. So, so publishers usually like to have a couple of months leeway just in case anything's wrong. If there's extra fixes, they want to make sure everything is done and perfect and good to go before it hits stores. And it sounds like this book has been out for a while, right? It's been available? Life Engineered? It, yeah, it came out on March 1st. Okay, because there's also a lot of books now, too. They're trying to line up the uh, audio release the same day as the text releases. So then you really are, tr- they, all the publishers, like all those dates have to line up. So you really have to get stuff done ahead of time. So it's just perfect. And you know, it's going to. Yeah, actually, Inkshares is starting to be become more agile in doing this. They've, uh, I think they've done a couple of books now that they've done simultaneous release. My next book is probably going to be a simultaneous release. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, but it's, there's so many people now, like I know a few people that actually have been very good supporters of mine. They've bought the book, but they've never read it because they don't read physical books. Like they're too busy. They don't, they don't like the activity, but they go through tons of audiobooks. I am very eager to tell them, well, Brian, finally. Well, audiobooks, like the industry in the past six, seven years has exploded. And it's all because of these lovely little handheld phone devices that we all carry with us now. And they're doing a lot of research that commuters are using them a lot more. People are just listening to audiobooks way more than they ever did because it's so easy and accessible and you don't need a CD player or a tape player anymore. You carry Mm -hmm. it on your phone. So... The, the business has been exploding, which is great for authors and narrators alike, I feel. Which, which is funny because um, when Life Engineered first came out, I talked to Inkshare. That was almost a year ago. Um, I talked to Inkshare and said, uh, can I do something for audiobooks? And their reaction, the, the marketing guy that they, they had at the time said, oh, there's not much of market for audiobooks. And I was thinking, like, I work in marketing. I was thinking... I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I've that's done, exactly what I was thinking. I've done a bit of research, like I can pull sales number for things like that, and I think you're wrong. <laughs> and yeah. that, now they're embracing it full hardcore, which is perfect. I, I mean, it's definitely yeah, not. It's not every book that's going audio still. It's. I mean, I think the bigger publishers like Penguin or Macmillan or something, they're still only turning maybe twenty percent of the year's books into audiobooks, but it's way higher than it used to be. Yeah, so. and I, I have a feeling this is going to be a this is going to be a curve that's just going to keep going up. 
eventually having most books in audio format is going to be almost a market necessity. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Okay, Amy. Tomorrow. You're waking up early. You're putting in a day. What is your average day like if you're in the booth? Like, um, how long how long does it take to record something like The Life Engineered? Which I have no idea actually how long it is. Jeff, do you even know how long it is? I don't know. No, it's a short book, which can't be that I long. I think it's about six and a half hours, if I remember right. Oh, yeah, it's longer right. than I thought it would be. Yeah, All I think right. it's about six and a half hours. Um, you know, my average day in the booth, I probably spend about six hours a day in there on average. Um, and that means usually around two and a half to three hours of finished audio. I average about two, two and a half, depending on how hard the book is, hours of work per finished hour that you hear. Especially um, with shark gods. You know? Yeah, when you have to double, three double or four check extra hours, right? Yeah. You're double checking the pronunciation of the name every three minutes. It's exactly. six a little longer. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. No, it's it really you're not going to hear the end of it, man. It's it's also just about genre. Like some genres are really easy to read and kind of simple, and some are more complicated and they just take a little bit longer. And that's fine. I actually sometimes enjoy the more complicated pieces, even they take they take more work. Um, so yeah, I spend about six hours total in the booth and I take a break every 45 minutes maybe, come out, drink some water, have some tea, breathe. Relax. Yeah, I was going to ask, that's, that's got to be rough on the voice after a while. That's what I was going to ask too. Yeah, it can be vocally exhausting, especially because as a narrator, you are doing all of the characters, male, female, old, young, and that's, it's a workout. It's a vocal workout. It's something you never do as an actor in any other genre, really. I've been um, I've been recording tonight for two hours, and I'm already feel like I'm starting to sound like a drunk Mickey Mouse. So I can't imagine doing six hours of that. <laughs> yeah, it, well, I go ahead. Sorry, I would just say it can be a long day, but it's it's fun. I like it. It yeah, sounds like was, there's a lot of variety. There are. I mean, I think you generally get pegged for certain genres, and it takes a while to then sneak out of them a little bit more. I do a lot of romance, which can be fun. I do a lot of sci-fi. I do a lot of paranormal. I do a lot of young adult. And every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I get a like classic Midwestern novel. Um, but they're <laughs> fewer and farther in between. So, Do, do you get uh, to... What's... Sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead, go Paul. Ahead. No, I was just going to say, out of those genres, or, or all the genres, which one has been most enjoyable for you. See, sci-fi, see, sci-fi. No pressure, though. You're no gonna, pressure. You're going to get me in trouble, guys. <laughs> okay. Wait, what I'm, are you trying to typecast her, Paul? What's wrong I'm, with you? I know, no. I, I don't love, want her to say sci-fi. I love reading anything, and I enjoy <clears throat> my romance, but I am a true sci-fi fantasy nerd. I always have been. Yes. Yeah. My Wait, whole knows life. the audience over here, JF. <laughs> Wait, that's my what it is. book's not sci-fi. <laughs> no, I just finished a 27-hour super villain book that is awesome. So I'm a total wow. geek, and I love it all the way. Oh, wow. That sounds good. Um, how, how much control do you have? Like, do you get to... Do you get like a, a, I don't know, I, I want to say a right of refusal, but do you get to pick which books you do or don't do? Like, do you ever get a book offered to you and you go, man, I know I don't think I could do it justice or I don't want to, I, I don't like the book or. You can, you can turn down any book for sure. I generally don't, unless it's a schedule thing, if I'm just overbooked, pun intended. Um <laughs> And or like, you know, there's occasionally there's stuff that I'm like, content wise, I'm just like, I'm not, 
I'm not down for whatever reason. And I know most narrators will have things that they'll be like, ah, uh, maybe that's just a little too like violent or I don't like its attitudes toward women or wow, that's so super right-wing republic, whatever your reasons are that sometimes you don't want to do that genre. <laughs> but for the most part, I am open to anything as long so as it no, fits in my no schedule. So no Chuck Tingle books. Who's Chuck Tingle? Oh, that, that's again, a good no, thing. The, the, don't no, even worry about it. Chuck, Just don't even worry about Chuck, it. Chuck Tingle is a quote-unquote <laughs> fake or satir, satir, satirist author that writes just very strange bizarre books anyway interesting okay yep. you you can research don't even worry it. about it's, it yeah <laughs> almost immediately don't even research yeah, it don't don't, don't worry it's about it. not even worth your your time at all uh so <laughs> i can't believe you said that Jay. what uh nothing just because that's what you like they're, you know they're, not no, everybody's they're, into they're, that they're books that are intentionally made to be super offensive as kind of a quote-unquote satirical joke that's that's what it is if it was funny enough and the satire was good, I'd think about it. it I don't know that they're yeah. meant to be read. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't no. know him, and they're probably not just, meant to be read. If if you yeah. want a good laugh, just go on Amazon, search for Chuck Tingle, look at the titles. The titles enough that will be enough to give you an impression of what you're looking into. Fair enough. Probably so won't that, be doing so, those. <laughs> no, no, I don't know if they do audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on swiftly from this rabbit hole I tossed us in. Um, Paul, do you have a good question? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I always have good questions. So um, you said that you have done up to uh, around 200 books. A so, baffling number. Yes, uh, and an astronomically high number. You were like two. And I was like, oh, she's going to say 20-something. I was like, oh, no, 200 um so how long exactly have or about roughly have you been doing audiobooks um i feel like that you might have answered this but now i don't remember uh consistently i've been doing it for about four and a half years okay yeah four and a half years cool yeah. so what was your first book it's like a book a week it was i know right called oh no i I don't remember what it's called. It was a Kentucky book. I got to do the whole thing in a Kentucky accent. And it was a oh, nice. romantic comedy. So it was really fun, but I don't remember the name right now. Dr. Box or something? I don't remember. It was fun. It was a good time. But it, it's been a while. That was four and a half years ago. Four and, and a half years fine. ago. I can't, yeah. I can't remember where I was last week. Um, so you talk about like the, using different voices for different characters, Sarah, and one of the things that makes me curious when you mention that is, and I, I will refer to Life Engineered as my reference point. It's my only published book. Get off my back, people. Um, <laughs> but uh, Life Engineered is written from a single character's point of view, but do you still use different voices for different characters or during this kind of narration, do you just stay in the head of the one character? I definitely do different voices for different characters. And depending on the genre, the difference between those characters will be more extreme than other genres. Like I think if you're doing a hyper-naturalistic novel that is from one person's character, like one character's point of view, those shifts to other characters will be more subtle. You know, when you're like shifting to the dad's voice, it might be a more subtle shift, but it almost mm -hmm. always shifts. And then I think, there are certain genres where you do get more extreme, but I, I definitely do character voices in audiobooks. I think that's part of what helps you 
engage as a listener and follow what's happening in the story. Since I can't read and remind myself who's talking here, sometimes you literally are just like, I, oh, that, okay, that's who's talking right now. And you need those vocal cues as a listener so that you know what's happening. Um, and Life no. Engineered was really fun because it's a set in the future and everyone is non-human, but also with a human uh, experience and sort of psyche, even though they're robot. It was a really fun book to do because I it was also there was, you know, a moment in the book when the lead character who identifies as female, but mm -hmm. could be anything, realizes that her voice sounds male and then has to switch. So I, I got to have a lot of fun being like, OK, well, what does that sound like? What does that feel like? How big is that shift? And how does that translate vocally, which is really fun. That that is one of the things that was very exciting to me. Like, because I, I'm not a very audio guy. Like, I intentionally try to keep a certain distance between myself and music because I I have a very analytical brain for certain things. Like, I have a terrible memory and I'm stupid very for a lot of things, but I tend to instinctively correct problems in my head. So when I'm doing graphics, like when I as as, as a guy I work in marketing and graphics, I overanalyze everything that's visual. And to me, music is super important because it's where I draw a lot of inspiration. But I have a feeling if I understood music, I would start to deconstruct it and <laughs> it wouldn't have the same magic on me, if you will. Um, so I'm super ignorant about vocal things. So I wasn't, I didn't have this drive that a lot of other authors I know want to get involved in the audiobook process. And until the producer mentioned, and this is what made me feel, oh, they've, They've got the right person, I think, and got me very curious about you and your work. And I went to your website and listened to samples uh, because I honestly didn't, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I didn't want to know too much originally. But when the producer, whose name escapes me because I'm a terrible person, um, Jesse. she said, she said, sorry, Jesse, Jesse, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So she mentioned the, yeah, the actress that's going to be doing the, the book was asking about like a, just a very simple production note of what when to sort of change or if to change the tone from neutral to feminine at some point in the narration and this was something i had never even considered and i it made me it made me realize that there's a lot more depth to narration for books than just reading the book and then i got super curious and went okay well they clearly got someone who knows what they're doing and is asking questions that have to do specifically with the audio and the theme and the atmosphere and now I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's its own art form. And it's interesting. Sometimes authors want to get too involved. And I think if they don't understand the process, then that's that can be detrimental because they get in the way sometimes of a narrator's work. Because on some level, what we're doing is it's just so completely different to what you do and how you hear the book or how you've thought of characters and Sometimes those things can butt heads when I'm trying to talk with an author about something because I hear and feel and think about things in different rhythms and think about like how these characters relate to other characters specifically very vocally. And so it's an interesting thing because I think authors have such a close personal attachment to their version of it and narrators can go the same way. And so it's just an interesting crossover sometimes. I, I've, I've never been more eager to listen to the audiobook as I am now because I've the thing is I've, I've I have a lot of friends who are visual artists because of my line of work and people I tend to associate with so I've gotten some 
um, some artwork, some fan art. Uh, like the, the cover I have for Life Engineered uh, was done by one of my friends who was one of my better readers who loved the book. So I went, oh, you're a professional illustrator with a, 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 you know, a, a wonderful portfolio and you've worked for a lot of big companies. Why don't you do my cover if you've liked the book so much? So that's how I know that the cover fit because I, it was someone that was passionate about it. And I've had other friends, other friends and, and, and even a couple of strangers give me fan art of what their visual interpretation of the characters were. And that's very exciting. But I've never considered, like, how would the characters sound? And right. Now I, it's, a, it's a very weird thing. I've seen other authors on Inkshares, like, just fawn over their audiobook. And I'm like, eh, okay, fine. And now I'm starting, <laughs> I'm starting to understand their excitement. Yeah. Fun. Uh, I imagine that um, there's a lot of work up front uh, before you ever go into the booth. So um, how do you like categorize things like what this person is going to sound or, or character is going to sound like? Like, I imagine you have lots of notes and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I use, a, a, I think a lot of narrators do a program on my iPad called I Annotate which you can mm -hmm. go in and so often I'm just going in and highlighting all of the certain characters so I can flip between things faster. You can also write notes on it. Um, a lot of it for me though, I've always, I've, I've always had a fairly good memory. It's just about reading through and making the connection of like, Oh, these are the characteristics of that person. This is how this person functions. So they're probably, they, they think slower, they act slower. So they probably talk slower and just going through and trying to find what each character feels like. And then again, trying to make that separate from another character. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, two, yeah. two older men. We're both in their sixties, but how are they different? How are they the same? How are you going to differentiate them without ever getting too cartoony? Cause there's also a, a subtlety that you need to try to have as a narrator, generally speaking. So, um, it's a challenge. It's fun. And there is a lot of pre-reading. There's a lot of like going through and, and just making sure that, you know, the arc too of your major characters. I'm starting here. Where am I ending? And how how does that change vocally? And how do I change rhythms and speeds so that mm -hmm. that stays interesting all the way through? That's cool. So on a project like uh, uh, like the Life Engineered, like how much work start? Uh, how long does a, a regular, just a normal project take? That's kind of what I'm trying to say here. Um, like, that book I probably you know spent. I probably spent three days in the booth recording it, um, but research time and reading probably a good week, so week and a half, beginning to end. So that's like a maybe a standard project, like a normal size book, nothing super long or super short. Or... Right, that's sort of a standard size book. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Paul, Paul's asking probably because he he's trying to prepare his own audio. Uh book uh recording career paul <laughs> yeah yeah my curiosity yeah you're gonna start producing uh, i don't know paul, paul paul's a music uh music instructor he's a teacher he's molding yes. fresh young minds but he's uh he's also does a lot of audio stuff on his on his own like music and a bit of video too yeah um i try to dabble in everything i mean you know i just enjoy it i don't do it because you know people pay me to <laughs> but if they wanted to i'd be okay with that so um yeah i don't know yet what's gonna happen so we'll see but uh you know when you were talking earlier about vocal health i mean i i'm teach all day long so and i teach chorus um and i teach kids to sing 
and I sing all day long. So, I mean, I know like it takes its toll. Like, like even right now, like it's, you know, late, um, tonight and my voice, I can feel it's like just done, you know? So I know that I can't wait till the weekend when I can just sit in silence, but I usually don't, but I could, you know, I I know (laughs) that feeling well, Mm -hmm. so but yeah, if you Jay, if you decided oh, sorry, to get into producing, it's an interesting time for that. There's a lot of authors who are now going independently with narrators and skipping the publisher, which can create more work. But if you want to be an independent producer, it's happening. Oh, there you go. So the money you can send to me in Myrtle Beach, you know. Right. Good. Get with me. I'll give you the address. Write the checks to Paul Inman, you know. Perfect. All the monies come right over here. Perfect. And I'll be okay right. with that. Yeah. But but joking aside, let's let's say someone like Paul mm-hmm. wanted or anybody, any one of our listeners wanted to get into the, the the narration gig, if you will. How how would they go about it? What would you recommend as as an entry point? Um, I mean, getting into once you're in, it's a pretty small circle and people start to get to know you and all the publishers start to know your work. It's the getting in that's always the key. Um, they're kind of There's one way to do it. There's a lot of narrators who are going through ACX, which I have mixed feelings about. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm very curious. Well, (laughs) I will ask you about your mixed feelings because ACX is something that I was looking at at some point when I wanted an audiobook and in shares didn't, wasn't on board with it yet. But let's put a pin on that. Continue your thought. Uh, Well, ACX is an in for a lot of narrators who don't have a lot of work behind them. They don't know a lot of publishers. It's a way to sort of get started and get some work out there. And you can go out and self-promote and find authors directly and you can sort of skip the publisher step. Um, I definitely have some mixed feelings about ACX. And the other thing you can do is put together, you know, you. I've had a few actors who ask me and I'm like, well, first of all, you better find out if you actually have the chops for it. So take a book, go lock yourself in a closet. And I'm not kidding. Lock yourself in a closet for like five hours and read that book. And every time you make a mistake, you go back and you keep going. Just see if you have the stamina because it's a very different type of acting than most acting that you ever do in the rest of your life. It's all you all the time. It requires a lot of focus, concentration, stamina and vocal health. So I'm like, you go do that for four or five days if you okay, can handle so, that, then come back and talk to me. And then we, you know, you could put together a demo and reach out to publishers and go from there. So but. the first, the first tip we have for Paul, Paul, you need to go back in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. My pleasure. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry so, I cut you off. Go on. <laughs> uh, me? Who would you cut off? I don't no, know. No, no, I, no. I was talking to Amy. I don't care oh. about you. Well, oh, I was yes, saying, I knew that. You know, if, if you really have the stamina, once you mess around with it, you put together a demo, you read, you get yourself a good microphone, you try to get yourself into a nice setup so that your your sound sounds good. And then you, you know, read a five minute chunk of a couple of different books, put together a demo, and you can sort of send that off to some of the smaller publishers. And that's usually the place you want to start is the smaller publishers and then work your way up. Yeah. Cool. So... What's the deal with ACX? Because from the point of view of an idiot like me who doesn't know anything about that, it looked like a pretty good approach for an author looking to get an audiobook produced. So here's... I'm going to try not to shoot myself in the foot. Here's <laughs> here's the thing about ACX. No, if, so, don't, don't say anything no, that you feel would you know endanger your career yeah. or... Nothing no, no, incriminating no. can like, happen here. We're not... Our, our totally five okay. listeners won't care. 
Totally okay. <laughs> so ACX does the thing where they try to cut out the, the publisher, the middleman. They're connecting authors directly with narrators. So an author goes out and says, here's my book, audition for it. Narrators audition, you choose the person that you like best, they narrate your book, you put it directly up on Audible, off you go. So it seems in some ways, I think, especially for indie authors, the simplest and cheapest way to go. You can pay a narrator by the hour. There's also people who do royalty shares. So you, they only make money and you only make money based on how many sales you get. The downside, and this is why I have mixed feelings about ACX, is that means that you also have not a whole lot of quality control. You have a lot of narrators who are inexperienced, who don't have great studio setups, who don't have good editors, who don't have good proofers doing work and putting it out there and selling it for the same amount that you're selling a book from Macmillan for, which sounds amazing and is perfectly narrated and is wonderful. And it just, I think sort of the market as a whole, it can have ups and downs with quality control. Now, that being said, there are also some amazing narrators who work on ACX as well as working with publishers who still do royalty share on books that they know are going to have great sales. And so it's just about, I think, for both authors and narrators, it's a forum where you just have to be really smart. Do your homework, know the people that you're getting, know that the sound quality is good, know that the the writing is good. There's also just some really awful books getting made on that to Okay, they're great books. They're beautiful books. Um, <laughs> it, I think it's just you know, a lot of walking on eggs that we do as, as artists and creators, <laughs> isn't there? I think it's just about being, uh, you know, it's a great forum that can really give people a chance to get their books out in audio form. I just think you have to do your homework, really do your homework. It's, it sounds a lot like um, when... It, when you're dealing with like self-publishing, I mean, you can find some really awesome books, but then you get some really raw books, you know, that are unedited and they're, they're, you know, the ideas are usually pretty good. It's just the execution. That's not the best. Right. Cause they haven't had an editor and the advantage of right all of those wonderful things that exist for a reason, but that sometimes you don't always have access to. So it's, it can be a great forum. I just think it's uh, something you have to do your homework on and, I like working for publishers because I know I'm going to have a great proofer and editor, editor and masterer, and I know it's I know the quality is going to be great when it hits the shelves. Exactly, and yeah. that's something that uh, I have now since I have become published with a publishing house. I it's going to be hard for me to look back and be like, oh, I can do this on my own because I know it's such a uh, there's it's the process is so involved, you know, and, and you have so many people like uh, kind of cheerleading for you and and helping you make the best thing you can yeah you get addicted to the quality that comes with having that's what i'm saying yeah yeah having these editors go through your work like it i i don't i don't think i'd ever be comfortable going back to self-publishing something that i had one of my buddies edit for free even if my buddy does a good job um he'll do a good job for a buddy not a professional job for a paid editor so right yeah and and I think we should be addicted to that quality. I'm one of those people that I think actually great art requires money and effort and time. And I think we should be addicted on some level to good quality work. Um, and it's something that I support. I know it makes the process harder and longer and more of a fight, but I think the, the end quality is so worth it. 
Yeah, I've, I've been called an elitist for having that attitude. And my answer to that has been, if being an elitist means that I am only satisfied with the best that I can do and the best that a team can produce, then yeah, okay, fine. I'm an elitist. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> it's, you, you make it sound bad. <laughs> You're like, thank you. You know, so. Well, yes, 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 yes I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, the listeners can't see this, but we're all sipping brandies right now. Right, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. We, yes Smoking indeed. cigars, you know. So. Mm, it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't want to try doing accents. I'd embarrass myself. I'm clearly... I don't even know if I would. Uh, I well, might embarrass myself too. No, well, Paul, you've you've read um, you've read a couple of uh, the, the way Paul and I met actually is that Paul was going through some projects on Inkshares and reading, recording um, audio versions of some of the samples that people were putting on their page and just giving oh, yeah. them to the authors to use as promotion, which is both generous and he he was doing a really good job for a guy who doesn't have a fancy booth and. Like right now he's tired, so he sounds just like a, a dork and a nerd. But when he applies himself, he's got a velvety smooth voice. <laughs> Thanks. No, you you do have a beautiful voice. I noticed that. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, I, however, am clearly not audiobook material. Well, well I, I am, JF. Round face. Yeah. <laughs> smooth voice. You see what yeah. I'm saying? I well, talk mostly I, with my nose. It seems like book <laughs> promotion is going more to multimedia anyway, right? I've done. I've done recordings now for authors who are making YouTube trailers for books and mm -hmm. ones who have samples up on website. I mean, it seems like all of it's going more multimedia anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, one yeah. of the things that I, we always encourage people that using shares, like there's a lot of authors that won't bother putting up a book trailer. And that is a huge mistake. Like a book trailer, even if it's a terrible book trailer, can like it's a good fast way for people who are too lazy to read or just want to listen to the information in the background to get the pitch for your book yep. so yeah definitely exactly it's a really quick like uh quick bite you know because there's so many different books out there so it's something that it can catch you very quickly and hold you and then you know you're like, oh, wait, I need to know a little more about this now. And then you get them to do some reading and some research. You know, that's the best thing about uh, book trailers in general, I think. But I never thought of hiring someone to do the voiceover. And that might actually be something to look into in the future because, let's face it, I am not cut out for it. <laughs> well, you know, you know me now and I might just give you a freebie if you need one. Uh-oh, freebies. It's, this is being recorded, Amy. I will, yeah, yes, there this is, is no doubt that I will take advantage of this. I, I have, have a it, sequel coming. I have it, JF. That's, We've got proof. her now. Oh, it's all good, man. <clears throat> Excellent. It's, it's, I need a maniacal laugh, JF. Give me one. Come on. No, you can do no. it. Hey, the more books that sell, the better for me and you. It's a win-win no, situation. Win-win. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I mean, I... I've offered like illustration services and I mean, we do this podcast for free where we try to give people as many tips as possible. We, we don't do it because it generates any income or anything. We just, it gives us an excuse to pretend we know what we're talking about, but at the same time also it gives yes. us an excuse to invite professionals over on our show and give us insight into what they're doing, right. um, which is great because <laughs> we need to learn. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's such a complicated industry. It's terrible. Um, just before we finish up, um, do you, is there like a specific project and don't, don't manage, don't say mine. You don't need to, 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 to be flattering that way, but is there like a project that you've worked on since you started your career that has been 
kind of just a milestone, just this this one, this precious diamond of a project that you're particularly proud of. And you thought she was going to say yours? No. I, <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> you bastard. Don't you know, dare turn I it know. on me like this. Oh, man. That's... Being mean is my job, Paul. <laughs> that well, is I couldn't know that one. Such a you hard question. You lobbed that one to me. <laughs> I am so I'm such a I mean I'm such a book whore anyway I read and I've always been a big reader and I've been so lucky to work on some amazing series that I don't even know if I could answer that fairly. Um, I think the most unique audiobook experience I did was actually a comedy book called Texts from Jane Eyre, and it's all of these classic books from you know Greek plays all the way to Harry Potter all done as text conversations, text message conversations. And I did it with one other narrator in a booth and we had one mic with a figure eight pattern so we could actually play off each other and literally we're live recording and playing off each other so the comedy works and it ended up being, um, it was nominated for a comedy audiobook award last year and it's done really well and it was just a really fun project that was more like, almost like a radio drama back in the day or something. Um, So that was really fun. fun. Yeah, it was really, really fun. But as far as the other books, I've so I don't I, I've had so many good, awesome books. I've been really lucky. Well, two hundred. Yeah, I, I I can barely remember two books ago. Well, to be <laughs> fair, half of those are under my romance pseudonym, so I can't tell you. Oh, oh, oh you uh, you use another a pseudonym for uh, okay oh, that. Makes sense. Most, yeah, that's strangely normal, I guess, right? I think no, most I, most narrators actually have two to three pseudonyms depending on what kind uh, of projects really? they do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's cool. Okay, I've, I've got to ask why. And I Come on, I, it I, should be obvious there, James. No, Come on. I, I'm, look, we've been through this. I'm not very... People in Canada, I'm just saying. First of all, saying, I'm, very, I'm not very smart. And I've, I, you, you know that I don't have a complete understanding of the usefulness of pseudonyms in this day and age. Um, so I'm, I'm curious why why in, in, a, a narrator would need... An, I, I'm not saying that, oh, I don't believe you need it. I just I'm, I'm, I don't understand the reason for And I think that's be in, important information for our listeners, Paul. Yes. Plus, yes, you're right. Transparency. You're correct. Yeah. I am sorry that I am even here this time, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's generally just about there are certain genres that, that authors and publishers will get a, a little leery about overlapping narrators on. So if you are doing... Ex- Chuck Tingle... If you're doing a lot of romance, even if they're not like the super sexy erotica, but you know, if you're doing a lot of romance, then sometimes a publisher who's got this new big young adult book that's coming out aiming for 14 year olds might be a little hesitant to take you on as a narrator, just because they're going to be like, oh, it's a little weird if people are sort of Googling your name on Audible as a narrator and it comes up with all these like abs and beautiful sexy covers. (laughs) And then also the book for their 14 year old daughter. Yeah. Uh, well, they've got to learn someday. Uh, <laughs> so, that is the worst thing I've ever yeah. said on the microphone. It, it is. I was going to yeah. say, wow, things yeah. have derailed. I the, the, the joke was PG-13 in my head, and then I said it, and I realized it is not. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's okay. Nope. It's okay. This is so, why we have pseudonyms, for reasons mm-hmm. just like that. I, exactly I just realized why. I may need one for my podcasting <laughs> career. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, we're coming in on the end of the time that we usually uh, we usually like to keep the episodes these days. But Paul, do you have any other questions? Like you're the audio guy, so if you have questions, this is the time. You're talking to a professional. Um, actually, we talked about a lot of the stuff that I wanted to discuss. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. I really do. I want to say that I appreciate you giving us your time. Um, and I don't think that we had to pay you, JF. Did we pay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe do we? Uh, well, if we Wait, did, the check is in question. the mail. I promise. That's a great question. <laughs> um, but no, seriously though, thanks for coming on and um, talking with us and uh, letting our um, few few listeners. I don't know how many we have. I don't do that I part. That's haven't, stuff. I haven't checked in a while because it makes me nervous. Um, yeah, let's, I, let's I, not right now. I'll so, check. It's, it's usually about uh, people. Yeah. So uh, thanks. Yeah. Because I'm sure that uh, they'll take something away from this, even if it's that whole pseudonym conversation that we just kind of destroyed just a second ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. The important oh, no, things. I, the important, yeah, the important things. things. Yeah. No, I know. I've, I've, I've learned a ton. Like, even if I was oh, yeah. mostly geeking out and kind of being a fanboy, um, at the same time, like, this was very informative. This is why I let Paul ask most of the important questions. Well, <laughs> thank you for having me on because I love narrating and I can talk about it all day long. And I love books. And I do love the Life Engineer guys and it's coming out in like six days. Five days? Um, I don't know. It's... It's really Depend, good. Depends when this podcast Yeah, is it depends out. on when this but makes it out. Yeah. It is coming out <laughs> okay. on the 24th of January. Yes. So next Tuesday. is I'm, I'm just beside myself. So Okay, um, quick story, JF, before we go. I got a quick story. Um, so I do remember you mentioning to me once, uh, briefly, that there was going to be an audiobook. And I was like, hey, that's awesome. And then you never talked to me about it again. No. So I sort of forgot, you know, because you do. You know, you just forget. And then I'm... Uh, uh, I was on Amazon, and uh, yes, yeah, so I was on Amazon, and I came across the audiobook, and I immediately like uh, did a screenshot and sent it to you. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know. So, well, two two days prior to that, I had the same reaction as I'm browsing through Amazon, and like like and and narcissist, I look up my own book to go see of course. if there's new reviews, and I see, oh, there's a second entry for my book and it's the audiobooks oh, well look at that um i i hadn't told told you because i was busy in the middle of editing the next book so I, Yay! it's been oh the next book is a beast to work on right now <laughs> i'm almost done with the copy edits i'm so eager it's gonna be good i hope it's gonna I'm be at good point, I'm, I'm at that point where i'm terrified um, but I, I can probably I'll, I'll make sure to send you a copy if you want. Um, Absolutely. The no, I'm 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 was very excited to see that it was coming out. But the thing is, like, it had a release date, and I wasn't sure it was like an Amazon release date or the actual release date. So I didn't want to, you know, talk too much about it because I didn't know how much of the information that was there was uh, solid and correct. And now that I know, like, I'm going to move. move forward this is why we're doing this interview i'm going to try to do some more promotion and try to push it as much as possible i have a few people that i know have been waiting for the audiobook so that they could promote the book because they don't read physical books we've talked about this amy let's say someone from our audience which are a majority writers a lot of them independent writers let's say someone they heard your voice even though you're using your room mic full disclosure people we've had technical issues yes um it was very fun getting started tonight yes well, indeed yeah yeah and we we couldn't ask amy to record in her booth so the where her setup is so 
be understanding. But you go to our website, which is amylandon.com, I believe. Uh, LandonAmy.com, but yeah. LandonAmy.com. Listen yep. to the samples. If you like what you hear and you want to hire Amy, Amy, what do they do? They can just email me. You can email me from the website. My email is LandonAmy at, at gmail.com. And you can shoot me an email and we can talk about it. And I can set you up with publishers. We can work it all out. There you go. Paul, let's say uh, you want an audiobook for Ageless. That's that's an option. There you go. <laughs> so I wrote down your email, even though you're sitting, well, not sitting in front of me. Never mind. I have failed. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so where if if you want, if uh, some of our listeners want to follow you on social media, do you have social medias that they can follow? I am on all the things. Um, all the uh, things. All the things. I'm Amy Landon on Facebook, on Twitter. I think I am Landon underscore Amy. On Instagram, I am Amy J. Lou, which I know is confusing. I think I'm on all the things. Those are most of the things. Yeah. But those you, are most you, you can find me. I'm out there. Yes. Perfect. And um, uh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. I was just saying, I, I, there's probably also links to your social media on your website, I believe. Absolutely. I found your Twitter address. So Yeah. Yep. So if you would like to follow RightBrain on Twitter, it is at RightBrain underscore. And that is right, W-R-I-T-E, brain, B-R-A-I-N, underscore. <laughs> yes, I have written a book, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, it goes Paul's a little a better than that. Remember, I, Paul's a teacher. He hey, I teach young chorus. Minds. We don't have to learn how to spell in chorus. You okay? work in a school. Okay, you've hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm sorry, my, my Twitter is at Paul Inman, S-C-P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C, and uh, that's also my Instagram, too, if you want to uh, come look at pictures or whatever you, you do on Instagram, I guess. So, um, JF, do you have anywhere that people can buy your books? No. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody goes to Amazon, Audible, Blackstone, wherever you like to get audiobooks. You search for The Life Engineered, and you essentially get to enjoy the works, the artistic endeavors of two of the people that were on this on this Poverty podcast, my writing, yes, but read not, by the, not, the wonderful and talented Amy Lendon. Not me, though. No, well, not me. No, no, you haven't collaborated on this at all, Paul, which is a disappointment. I read your book, JF, all right? You did. I know what happens. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, everyone. There's robots, okay? Also, I read the it. butler did it. Yeah, the butler. <laughs> Well, so, I have not read your book, Paul. And, uh, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> all right. So before we start going off again, thank you very much for listening. Amy, thank you again for joining us. I uh, Hopefully, if when Paul comes up with more questions, uh, we'll, we'll have you on again if you, don't, if you want to. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>